Hey, what's up all of you who are tuning in to check out our latest message right here online. Listen, it's going to be a great message and we hope that you enjoy, but even more than that, we would love to see you in person at one of our live weekend worship experiences. If you're not in our area, we want to encourage you to find a local church where you live because we just believe that we're no good alone. We're better together and you need family. So if you're not in our area, make sure you find a place where you live where you can attend a physical church and become family. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message and have a good day. So I'm going to ask a question of you this morning, okay? In whichever way, I'll, I'll deliver it. Would you rather have me teach part four, Father Wants You, or would you rather have me preach part four, Father Wants You? And everybody said teach. (laughs) Teach. I am in America, right? You do understand English, correct? (laughs) Everyone say teach. Good, that's what I want to do this morning. I don't want to preach. I do have the gift to preach I have the gift to be able to motivate but I also have the ability it's his in my life as he wants to give you all kind of gifts today's to be a teaching day somebody asked me not too long ago they said so what are you going to do after January I said um well I'm going to be going to the cemetery they said are you dying I said no 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 you I, I hooked you didn't I and they said, yeah, what, what, is, what do you mean by that? I said, well, I really believe that Father wants the lost. If you are not in Christ, we're going to teach this morning, and you're going to be a part of that, okay? You're going to facilitate this. If you are not in Christ, you're dead. I, I didn't make that up that's in God's word we're going to go through scriptures to show that the reason Jesus Christ came in human form and died was buried and arose so that we could have eternal life I'm thinking back through all 40 years of ministry and all the services of celebration I've had a few funerals you know what the difference is celebration is I knew where they were going a funeral was no one really knew And therefore, I wasn't going to patty cake that. I was just going to bring a funeral. Come on, church. That's a dangerous thing when you've been called by God. Let me me talk to Brian for a second. By the way, this is a what time of message this morning? Teaching. Right? We're going to teach. So you're going to interact with me, correct? So, Brian, your head coach used to be at Florida with a great coach from Ohio. If you don't listen to your head coach... Are you in trouble? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Why'd you do that for, Pastor? Because if I have been called by the Lord, and I really don't know where that person is going in eternity, it's dangerous to tell loved ones he's on the other side. Everything is copacetic. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand that we were born in sin? And in sin did our mothers conceive us? Every baby that was birthed was born in sin. That means 
they were alive physically, they were dead on the inside. Father wants dead people. Every one of us have got to get out of our lounge chairs and get into the cemetery of the world and go after the dead people. Just because they're doing everything that looks like they're alive, they're dead on the inside. And Jesus said, you must be born again. You can walk into this church facility or building as a dead person, but you cannot get into the kingdom without being born again. Listen, I know he's excited about college football, and so am I and others who love college football, but that's not the bottom line. Who wins the national championship means very little. If that person, if those team members did not know Jesus Christ. Watch this. I'm a little nervous because he gave me a joint responsibility of being an educator and also a pastor. You know, we're all about, make sure I carefully say this, we're all about A schools. How many kids in our schools know Christ? And how many teachers that know Christ are somehow trying to influence them that they can come out of the cemetery? into eternal life. This morning, I want you to know, this is part four on the series, Father Wants You. Father wants dead people. Dead spiritually. Boris Becker, he is in the Word Today devotional, won Wimbledon twice. This is the only part of the preaching you're gonna get. You're gonna get teaching because you're gonna be reading scriptures. All right, so I'm gonna need some readers. So I'm going to ask my wife to get ready to come up and move the, this isn't Sunday morning. That's what I'm talking about. It is so easy to get into a ritual. Jesus was about relationships, not rituals. That's why they didn't like him. Because he broke all of their customs. They were married to their culture. They were married to their customs, but they weren't married to Christ. Hallelujah. So Boris Becker had it all. I put that out on a devotional this past week. He won it when he was a teenager and he won it when he was an adult. He had everything. He had money, he had cars, he had women, he had fame, he had it all. And he was on the brink of suicide. Boris Becker. On the brink of suicide. The world is going to continue to tell our young people and young adults and even those of us that are on down the stretch Everything is about what's in society. It's not. Everything is about eternity. Are you ready? <laughs> Yesterday when I was at Lancaster, I'm going to try to close the preaching part of it here. As I was sitting and we were talking about making your bed. A Navy SEAL wrote the book, Make Your Bed. But he gave six principles, which I won't share right now. And I said, can I throw a name out there? And they said, sure. I said, Jesse Owens. I said, tell me about Jesse. Of course, you know he was a Buckeye. That's not the story. He was phenomenal as an athlete. I'm talking about getting to the cemetery. I'm talking about getting into the cemetery. Go where dead people are. Not literally going to the cemetery. You know what I'm talking about. And I said, he actually towed a toe against Adolf Hitler. Come on, church. 
because he was willing to even put his own background and his nationality, he was African-American, he put that right in the face of Adolf Hitler. He couldn't stand it, and he left the Colosseum, he being Adolf Hitler. But then I dropped this, because it's safe to do it when you've got the right things on, and you, you know they're not going to attack you at Lancaster, because you're equipped with all kind of devices to where if something goes wrong, they can come to your rescue. So God, I hope. I said, not that he was a great athlete or where he ran or who he represented. My question is this, did Jesse know Jesus? You can win all the Olympics. You can win all the national championships. You can have money all over the place. But what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So I want to ask you all a question this morning. No names, please. We're getting ready to teach now. How many of you know people that are dead? Meaning they don't know Christ. I do. I can put my toes up too. If you believe in the Great Commission, our job is to go out and reach them. And compel them to come in. If you want a real eye-opening moment, ask the Lord to give you a sound bite of what it sounds like in hell. How about this? Are your family members in the kingdom? I didn't say at Forward Church or someone else's church. Religion will not get you to heaven. Knowing me doesn't mean a thing. And you might be better off not knowing me. If I'm going to be a stumbling block, that's scripture. <laughs> what you must be is born again. Born from above. Otherwise, you don't have eternal life. I know you're breathing right now. I know they're breathing out there. That's because he's the giver of life. But he wants you to have eternal life. Oh, by the way, don't think society's going to love you when you start going to the cemetery. Jesus made a visit to the cemetery to a man who was demon-possessed. That hasn't changed. I don't know why I'm preaching this morning, but we're going to get there. The man was demon-possessed. Man, we've got demon-possessed issues. Do I need to talk about school shootings? Do you think that's normal and natural? For someone to come into a school building 12 and begin mowing down people? Man, that's not Christ. That's not even our nature. That's demonic stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, I know this is being taped too. And mental health, mental health is not going to stop demons. Jesus cast out demon spirits. And so when he showed up in the cemetery and that guy was there all chained up and all crazy, like wacko, and Jesus set him free, man, people went nuts. Like, get Jesus out of here. We'd rather have demon-possessed people than Jesus. It's true. Go, go get in your Bibles. This morning, I want to share with you God wants dead people. I actually had much more to this message, but when he began giving me the scriptures, which now I need Robin to come, he asked me to stop and focus just on this theme. 
And he's going to commission you in just a few moments to go out and make yourself available to dead people and speak life into the lives of those who are spiritually dead. Because you must know the only way they're going to be in heaven is if they're born again. They don't have to have all the belief systems that you have. They don't have to have all the convictions that you have. They don't have to be a part of this ministry. But they must be born again. Do you know that he's, do you know that my coach is watching me right now? My head coach is watching me. And if I water down what he said, I'm accountable for that. Come on, church. All right, let's turn it back into class so I can get some interaction going here. Here we go. Where are you, sweetheart? I... Come here, baby. Let's go on a date. I want to read two verses to you and then... Uh, Listen, only if you feel comfortable reading. And these should, scriptures in a moment should be coming up on, on the screen. So all you have to do, I'd like for you to stand. Remember, this is a locker room. This is a coaching moment with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And all you're going to do is read the scripture, and then I'll pick it up from there. We've got scriptures that we've got to read. By the way, Charles Spurgeon said this. If you want to see Jesus show up, preach the word. Charles Spurgeon, who's he? That's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, we have kids today don't even know who our presidents were. Charles, Spur Charles Spurgeon was one of the great, they called him the prince of preachers. But if you want Jesus Christ to show up, you better get the word. And get the word to where people go, oh, this is the ultimate standard. Not, not Pastor Dennis. I don't care if he's been around 40 years. He looks like it. But this is the standard. This is the standard. This is the standard. Uh, hey, Brian, just give me a nod, if you will, please. Do you all have a playbook? Do you all play by the playbook? Do you get to recreate the playbook? That's what's going on in our nations today. People are trying to rewrite the word. Boy, that's a dangerous thing to do. The book of Revelation says, do not add nor subtract. Whew. All right, here we go. Check it out. Get ready, sweetheart. Let's see if Jesus is about it. Matthew chapter 18 says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety and nine on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices more over that one sheep than over the ninety and nine that did not go astray. So now what we want to look at is how much does our father want Dead people. Who would be willing? I, I want to make sure we only have those who really feel comfortable reading. Let me also clarify. That does not mean I don't think you can read. Maybe you just don't like public reading. Okay? All right. Who would like to read our first scripture? Good. Right here in the front. He's going to read Psalm chapter 51, verse 5. We're talking about dead people. By the way, I was over in one of the um, stores with, of course, I go when she goes sometimes. <laughs> I didn't want to lie. Sometimes. And I'm walking around because I'm looking for old movies because I like old movies. And I watched Samson yesterday. There's a movie out and I have not seen it, nor do I want to hear about it. But it's called The Walking Dead. And I said, hmm, that's got some spiritual bait to it. Because everybody outside of Jesus Christ, they are walking dead right now. Does that bother you? 
When my days are done here, I want to go out there and wherever he wants me to go, I want to be like William Carey, the great missionary. I want to go and reach the dead people. So when I get home, there's somebody behind me. Hello? I'm not slamming anything, but I do want to clarify something. Jesus never built a building, but he built lives. And I'm concerned about this nation. I'm also very prophetic. I think a lot of pastors believe their resume looks really good if they have buildings. I want to know, did you build anybody? Jesus is all about building people. Yo, are you a better athlete now than you were when you were at Chief in high school? I thought so. Psalm 51, verse 5, please. Stand up. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Psalm 51, 5. Okay. That's David. That's David saying to us, we were all birthed the same way. It doesn't matter if you were in the royal line. It doesn't matter if you were in nobody's line. We were all born in sin, and you can't get out on your own. Next verse, please. Ephesians 2, 1. Ephesians 2, 1. If you'll stand, please, if you can. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, 1. Wow. Pastor, or just plain Dennis, I don't mind. Wow, he's really bringing, just bringing the word. Where was, where was I and where did he find me? I was dead in my sins. Could have been drinking, could have been partying, could have been doing things I shouldn't have been doing, but those were just pictures of what was going on on the inside, a dead person. Next verse, please, Ephesians chapter 2, 4 and 5. Okay, who's got it? Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. See what happens, those Carolina girls. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead. Ephesians uh, 2, 4, and 5. Awesome. Check that out. When we were dead, Jesus took our place so that not only can we live in here, but those outside can come to life. I seldom have many tears at a celebration service because I know they're better off than I am. Now, I do kind of break down sometimes after a funeral. Notice the difference. I explained it. Because they may not be where they wanted to go. Jesus is going to make it very clear. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. He was more than the Messiah. Come on now. Stay with me, please. Jesus said, you must be born again. The story is going to be Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was like, how in the heck, he didn't say it that way, but how in the world am I supposed to get back in my mama's womb? I'm a man. Our our heads will help us to hell. Come on, we all, come on, church. Our heads will block the Spirit of God. You can be educationally right and theologically wrong. Next verse. So Jesus says, man, I love you so much, I'm going to the dead people. And I'm going to die for dead people so they can come to life. That's where I want to be. I want to be where dead people are so that something would resonate within them. What's he carrying that I'm not? I want 
eternal life. That's what we're playing for this morning. Colossians 2.13, please. Somebody, just kind of raise your hand. There you go. Here we go. Be like Jesse Owens in Sprint. <laughs> Ooh, she gave me that look. Colossians 2.13, please. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, <laughs> having forgiven us all our transgressions. Whoa, whoa. Would you all give Jesus a big round of applause? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Nobody here, but I have heard through the 40 years of ministry, parents say to their children, when you get your act together, you can come home. Can you imagine our Heavenly Father saying that? How can you get your act together as a dead person? <laughs> You're acting the way you were made in sin. He loves us so much, he says, I'm going to forgive the whole deal. And I'm going to put your name in the Lamb's book of life. So that when you're done downstairs, you can come on up. Amen. Romans 8, 6. Who'd like to read Romans 8, 6? Okay, we got a reader in the back. Come on, Jesse Owens. <laughs> She'll tell me all about it at lunch. Don't worry. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Wow, maybe Pastor does know a little bit about the Lord because he talked a moment ago about our minds can actually be the staircase to hell. That verse proves that to be true. And there are people who will let you know how smart they are. How smart you are was a gift. And it can keep you out of eternal life. Hello? It doesn't take the brain to come to Christ. It takes a heart going, create in me, David said, a clean heart. The commission, when we finish in just a few moments, is this, that we would all go out and connect with a dead person and begin speaking life and don't ram the Bible down their throats. I haven't done that in all the years of it. I've never done it. I won't do it. But give them something that will tantalize them, that will wake them up to where they go, what you got that I don't have? I want what you got. Hey, let me take you to the cross. Next verse. Revelation 3.1, please. This one's a little scary to me. Revelation 3.1. This is a letter to one of the churches. He actually had seven. Revelation 3, 1. Who wants to read, please? Robin, would you read it, please? <laughs> to the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds and oh, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wow. That's, that's to a church. That's to a church. And the Spirit of God saying, I heard about your name and I see all your good works, but you all call yourselves alive. I'm telling you what you are, you're dead. He's not speaking that over us. I do hope that you hear, you can actually be in a ministry that's dead. This is not that ministry. That, that's spooky, that's scary right there. 
That's to the church of Sardis. There were seven letters that he wrote. And John the Revelator gave it to the churches. Because we can get all jacked up about our name and our deeds and what we've done. And we say we got this and we're that and we're alive. And then the Holy Spirit says, that's not what I'm seeing. And who has the final say? He does. A couple quotes and then we're going to come to the close of the message with some more scriptures. Listen closely. Quote, the voice of Christ is so powerful that it awakens the spiritually dead in the grave of sin to hear it and live. Hallelujah. So, yes, it's correct for me to go to the cemetery. Yes, it's correct for me to be where he will want me to be in January so that someone's life is going to be touched. Somebody changed. Next, quote, I don't live in darkness. Listen, darkness lives in me. That's the sign of a dead person. I want everyone in here who knows the name of Jesus, who has had their name recorded in the Lamb's book of life, I want you to go out and speak life into those who have no life. Hmm. One of the heroes of the faith, and I used to listen to him all the time on the program called Back to the Bible with Theodore Epp. Listen closely. We must desire to be separated under the Lord from the world and its evil system. We must reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. So let me make this real practical, okay? How many of you like practicality? I know they do in prison. I'm not going into any kind of detail. But let me tell you something. The old man wants his way, true or false? In us. The old self-life wants its way. But the Bible says that he's the way, the truth, and the life. That would be John 14, 6. So yesterday I'm walking up to Lancaster, and I said, man, God, I really don't need to be here today. I feel like I'm more in prison than they are. And he said, I'm reminding you of what your wife said to you this morning. You're forgiven. That's the beauty of being in a covenant relationship. May I teach for a moment, please, and not preach? A covenant relationship is where husband and wife forgive each other. Hello? And they don't continue to let the works of the flesh dominate. An unforgiving home produces an unforgiving future in the lives of the children. So what happened? Well, I ran my mouth yesterday. No details. So have you. If you thought about last Sunday morning's message, that's all Peter did all the time until the day of Pentecost. Ran his mouth all the time. And he didn't even run his mouth against his fellow disciples. He ran his mouth against the Son of God. Back talking. That's what I was doing. We got it squared away before I left. But you know what the enemy does? He is so snarky. He'll use you to run your trap. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking to you. But then after you have taken the bait, then he just throws all kinds of guilt on you for letting your flesh run the show. He's wicked. And he's called the father of lies. All right, here we go. 
all in John chapter 3. It's 1157. We're close. This is going to be so cool. You guys have a commission, okay? Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. That sets the table, right, for game day. Tomorrow's game day. We've got to go out and show others the love of God that while they're walking as dead people, they can come to eternal life. Amen? All right, here we go. This is all John chapter 3. Robin, ready? Someone? John 3, verse 14. Who wants to read? I'm on the clock. Come on, Vanna White. John 3, 14, please. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. John 3, 14. Wow, Jesus became a snake in our place. I know this is, go ahead and curl your toes up so you don't feel like I'm stepping on you. The other two that were on the cross beside him, they were snakes. Our human nature is a snake. But Jesus said, I'm done with all the snakes. I'll be lifted up so that snake mentality will be broken in their lives. So I'm out taking care of some things the other day and I come back into the patio and I look and I go, uh-uh. You know how we all do that? I didn't see that. Come on. My kids aren't doing, uh-uh, right? Come on. Just look the other way. And I look back and I said, dang, that's a snake. And I looked again and I said, yeah, it is a snake. First thing I thought to myself was that sucker didn't even ask for permission. Snakes don't. Well, I grabbed what I could find. wasn't much, a little piece of wood. I went to hacking on that sucker. The first thing, Joshua, so everyone kind of take and look. What was the first thing that snake did when I hit him? Show me the, come on, Josh. He won't even work with me. The snake just bowed up like that right there. I said, oh. I won't say the rest of what I said. (laughs) And then, yeah, I did. And then that stupid tongue came out. I said, oh, no, just a minute. Bam, bam. You know how stupid coaches can be, Brian. Don't shake your head. Yes, I'll call your coach. (laughs) And he would not give. Well, I just did the Jesse Owens sprint and got the shovel. I sprinted back onto that patio. You know the rest of the story because that's not the message. That snake was killed, separated, collected, dug a hole, buried it. The last thing I saw as I was covering the back, Kelly would love me. (laughs) I know what Kelly would have done. He would have just reached down and grabbed it and taken it back out and thrown it across the fence. He's a man's man. I'm just a toddler. The last thing I saw was, and you know this is a true story now, that stupid tail was still, they had separate, but that tail was still doing us, you know, sometimes our rear ends get us in trouble. Okay, I'll leave it alone. I thought you'd say amen right there after my silly stuff yesterday morning. Okay, I need someone to read John 3.3, please, we're close. John 3, 3. So now we know Jesus became a snake so that my snake nature could be broken. So now, listen, when you get out there, expect some venom tomorrow. They may actually go, 
hiss at you. They may actually spit on you. Snakes can be nasty, you know. All right, John 3, 3, who's got it? All the way in the back. Come on, Jesse Owens. I'd like for you to read 3, 3, and 4, please. John 3, verse 3, and then verse 4, please. Here we go. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Four. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Cool. You know, it's dangerous to ask your wife to be Jesse Owens if I'm not willing. Just because I'm walking in and I'm walking out, I actually reversed how I said it, does not put me in the kingdom. And that bothers me now as a pastor after 40 years that there are people who are being sedated into believing, well, I put up with that old man for 40 years and 40 minutes. I know I'm going to heaven because he's ridiculous. Man, being in church doesn't put you in the kingdom. I got to make sure I get that. Brian, does everybody start at South Florida on the football team? Just because they have a uniform, does that put them on the field? I think it's been one of the greatest deceptions in our country that if people are just coming to church, they're in the kingdom. And Jesus is going, no, you got to be born again. And so then our heads start spinning and we go, how in the world does a hundred and whatever pound I am get back inside mama's tummy? Our womb, I should say. Because we try to be analytical. We try to figure this out in our minds. We must be born again. Next verse, please. Verse 5 and 6. Who will read? Almost there, church. 5 and 6. Robin, if you will, please. Good job, Sally. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Okay. Snakes birth snakes. The flesh births the flesh. That's why I said at the beginning of the message, are you still here? I'm not into anything that's theatrical. I'm not, no. I'm into the revelation of God's word. Everyone's going to walk out of here today in just a couple of moments understanding you must be born again. You have got to be born again. Ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus tarries in 100 years, every one of us are off this planet. You've got to have your destiny and destination signed, sealed, and delivered. And it's not check off, check off, check off. It's just coming and going, man, I recognize that you took my place. I was a snake in the grass. And man, my heart just continues to want to do the wrong thing. I invite you into my life. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. And I want you to be the conductor. Amen. All right. Robin, you got a beautiful voice. That's the only reason why I married you. <laughs> She's hot. I just want to close with these two verses, please. Because everyone loves, see, everybody loves to go to John 3.16. And you go to a ball game and they got that sign up. But to get to John 3.16, you have to go through the passages that I've already covered. <laughs> John 3.16 and then verse 17 in case anyone feels like they're condemned. Here we go. Read, please. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but who, whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. I told you he was a snake. And he will even teach people who come into the house of fellowship, you know what, he's condemning you or that pastor. No, 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 no. Unbelief condemns us. Not pastors. Unbelief condemns us. But you're not condemned and neither are they. They're looking for us to answer, go ye into all the world and get that out there. Hey, you know God loves you? Hey, how can I help you? You need something lifted. You need something carried. How can I help you? Now, if you hear the sound of a snake, then use discernment. I'm closing. Background, please. One of my great friends who I've not yet met, who my father met, Dr. A.W. Tozer. I want to read a quote. Who's Dr. A.W. Tozer? Man, he's all the time going back. If we don't even like those who've gone before us, how can you like Jesus Christ? He's way back. Listen to what Dr. Tozer said. You can be sure the Holy Spirit never enters a man and lets him live like the world. Let me read that again. I do not want to seduce God's people into believing you can have it your way. The kingdom is not Burger King. Let me read it again. Thank you, Dr. A.W. Tozer. And thank you, my earthly father, for 60 years of ministry and teaching me incredible principles. If you had the mic, I'd call on you. You can be sure the Holy Spirit never enters a man or a woman and lets him or her live like the world. Shall we pray?